one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Welcome once again, everyone. Big Dave and Joe. Uh, Joe back in the saddle again. Thank God. <laughs> no, hopefully no more problems. Yeah. Well, some things are good that you need to do to undertake, and other things they make you do that are not so great. But uh, a bunch of those things all came at once for you. And uh, uh, back in the studio again tonight as we uh, roll down uh, the month of May. Of course, at the end of May is going to be a World Series of Poker getting underway. Uh, last couple of weeks, I had some extensive guests, uh, partially because you were gone, but uh, last week we had Steve Blay from Advanced Poker Training. Really great show. He, of course, wrote the book with Quee Win, and I hope everybody caught that. Otherwise, you can pick it up on uh, SoundCloud. It's right out there now. The uh, May f- uh, 2nd show, and uh, we talked about Quee winning the title and how he hooked up with him basically to coach him out there during the series, and uh, he has had his own uh, site along with his brother, Alan, uh, for the last uh, eight or nine years, and uh, uh, really a nice site that uh, I think people should check out, but uh, we talked about a lot of different things, and uh, he was on for about a half hour. The week before, we had Robbie Straczynski on uh, from Israel, and uh, put together a great show there. Of course, Robbie's doing a lot of work with Poker News now, and uh, he has his own podcast, and so we had a lot of really interesting stuff there as well. And also last week we carried the Tony Burns interview that I did during the Seminole Hard Rock. And uh, So we had a pretty full uh, show. Uh, what it did, though, is basically got away from some of the coverage of some of the events. And uh, we'll make up a couple of those things tonight and look ahead to the World Series of Poker. But uh, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Doing good, Dave. Let me tell you, my doctor lied to me uh, with the procedure that ablation I had to do. The uh, the procedure took about four hours when he told me it would be about an hour and a half to two hours. And uh, he definitely lied because a few months ago when he told me that I'd have to wait, he goes, oh, don't worry, this is pretty easy. He goes, most people, you know, go back to work the day afterwards. There is no way, <laughs> at least not with what they did to me. And, you know, he, he didn't go into full details, which was the only thing that upset me. But thank God at this moment. You know, everything seems to have come out pretty good from this, and um, hopefully I'll get it all clear uh, in about a month when I have to go back to see him uh, for the follow-up, and they run a few other tests. But, um, yeah, it it opened my eyes a lot. And uh, so let me tell you, it took me about four or five days to just feel a little bit normal, not not two two or three days like he told me uh, with what they had to do to me. And... uh, some of these things I didn't find out until after everything had been done, uh, especially the uh, catheterization, which I didn't know I had, had done while I was out, and the incubation that they had to do. So, uh, Well, these things can cost you in the long run. I can remember a long time ago when I went on a uh, deep-sea fishing trip for a good buddy of mine's bachelor party, and I caught a sailfish first thing in the morning. Uh, the sun was just coming up. Well, that had to be great. Yeah, I was watching the guys set up the lines and everything. The rest of the guys were all hung over in the cabin <laughs> sitting in there. So I was watching him, and he says, get in the chair. I said, what? And he goes, get in the chair. And he hands me the rod, and, and I look, and a sailfish comes flying out of the water. I got him on the line. And uh, 
So it took me about half hour, 45 minutes. I pulled them in, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to get it stuffed, mounted. And I said, uh, yeah, how much does that cost? And he goes, well, it's $100. (laughs) (laughs) So it turned out it was $800. I had to pay $400 right then, put it on American Express card, and it was the beginning of a downfall with my credit nightmare. But uh, and where's that sailfish? Because I helped I had, you move it. I, I didn't actually, see it. I actually gave it to uh, Jose Hernandez, a good friend of ours. Jose that worked in the mutuals okay. at, at Miami High Line. I don't know if he still has it or not. But uh, it was beautiful. And as I come to find out later, they don't even they take the fish and they make a few measurements and then they. Uh, they chop it up for food or whatever. You don't even have the thing you really caught. It's really? Just I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, a great moment in my life that turned out to be a nightmare later on. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> if, if everything works out and I don't go back into AFib, I'll be very – it was well worth it. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, I did want to talk about uh, some of the tournaments recently. Uh, the uh, WPT, of course, was here for the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown. And immediately after that, headed out to Vegas to finish up their year. Uh, Kind of interesting what they put together toward the end here. Uh, There was a tournament called the Bellagio Elite Poker Championship in the first week of May. And uh, they were all finished with that. Larry Greenberg was the winner of that one, 378,000. Danny Quitami was second. Jim Colopy was third. Uh, Kerry Katz was sixth. There's a name you'll recognize. And, of course, Miami's Ryan Van Sanford finished in fifth. But uh, that was the tournament the first week of May. Then they started a high roller, which was May 5th and 6th. They played down to the final table, but they're not going to complete it until May 25th. So I don't know what the deal is on that. But Tom Marchese is the chief leader in that one. And uh, he leads the final six that we'll be playing. Did they say why they're waiting that long? There really was no explanation on that, except maybe it's possible uh, that they needed to wait uh, to get the venue. They're actually playing the final table at what's called the eSports Arena. It's at the Luxor out there, where they have those games where the guys fly those drones through the air, and uh, there's all kinds of different stuff. Okay. It's going to be the sixth and final table on Friday, May 25th. Also, it's closer right before the uh, Super High Roller Bowl at the Aria. And, of course, the first few days of the WSOP. So I'm not exactly sure why they planned a three-week break. But uh, that'll be an interesting final table out there. Jake Schindler uh, is the short stack. Uh, Chip leader is Tom Marchese, followed by David Peters, uh, Aaron Ogis, and Sam Sovereau and Rainer Kempe. So a good field there. And we'll uh, check out some of that uh, later on. Maria Ho also played in that tournament. Uh, and I mention Maria because she, of course, uh, was tapped for the Women in Poker Hall of Fame, which came out uh, last week. And I believe that's a well-deserved honor. Yeah, Maria has just done a great job doing a lot of broadcasting now and hosting for uh, Poker Go and uh, some other uh, items. I think one of them is on uh, CBS Sports, uh, a separate tournament, a couple of different tournaments that she's uh, doing the hosting duties for that. So she's branching out in her broadcasting plus playing great poker. So uh, pretty interesting. But uh, the other uh, n- uh, person uh, announced for the Hall of Fame was uh, Lupi Soto. And I think you've met Lupi before. Yes, she was with the Lips tournament, and which she ran uh, She ran one of her tournaments at uh, Miami High Lie. Real nice lady. Um, you know, 
I actually lost touch with her. I didn't. I, I didn't hear too many of the. She lives out in here. Reno now, I believe. I was just going to say, I think she left this area because I hadn't heard of any of the other lips tournaments here at any of the other poker venues down here in South. Yeah, Florida. I think they concentrate more on the West and the Midwest, but uh, uh, of course they used to have the High Heels Poker Tour with our with our friend Lauren Phila. Uh She. Uh, I haven't seen her involved in that at all, so I think she got away from the poker scene. I, I, I got to thank. Anyway, uh, Jennifer Tilly was also nominated. Kara Scott, Shirley Rosario, Karina Jett, Angelica Hale, who is with the WPD, Haley Hintz, the writer, and several others. But uh, the winners uh, that will be uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame will be uh, Maria Ho and Lupi Soto. So nice to hear that. Congratulations, ladies. Also, Loopy is involved in a new association that they founded, basically to uh, further female involvement in poker, which is uh, something we've... That's something we've been championing that cause for a long time. Exactly. Uh, Right around the 3% mark the last few years in the World Series main event. So uh, one of the things they want to do is really kind of uh, convince women to uh, get them more involved. they are uh, kind of located out of Reno, the Peppermill Resort, I believe. And uh, so maybe we'll try to get one of these people from their board of directors. If not Loopy, then maybe somebody else that uh, will be involved. And that comes on the heels of the PPA kind of really going down the drain. Uh, John Pappas uh, decided to resign. Rich Muni took over, but they went out and asked for $25,000 in donation to uh, support this year. And they ended up getting like six or seven thousand, so uh, they may have to disband. We'll find out, but uh, we'll keep an eye on some one of our favorite topics, and that's to follow uh, women in poker and convince them to play. Uh, a little later on, if we get a chance to talk about it, uh, uh, we'll start looking at some predictions for the uh, World Series of Poker this year. You know, in, in the past, we've kind of picked our own fantasy teams, but right. I think last year we kind of went with some questions and see how we did as a far as predictions go, uh, the Poker News crew has put together a nice article that's on uh, Mo, Mo Noara wrote, and uh, some interesting stories. And one of the questions is, uh, will there be, how many how many uh, open event women ch- champions will there be? Not the women's event, but we how many... We had a winner last year. Yeah, and how, I think there was, there's been four over the last three years. Okay. Uh, but uh, how many women will win an open event this year? men and women, so we'll see if that uh, comes through, because they've been doing very well. Uh, they had several champions out at the LAPC earlier this year, and uh, that's one of the questions uh, you might start thinking about, uh, how that will work out. How many will, will win? So you said we've had four in the last three years? Yeah. So that number is going to be set at about like one, one and a quarter. Well, 1.3, <laughs> exactly. So that'll be the over and under number. Anyway, we'll take a look at that maybe a little later in the show tonight. If not, we'll get to some of that next week. Uh, some other events. Uh, World Series of Poker Circuit finished up in Baltimore. Uh, that was at the Horseshoe in Baltimore. And uh, Michael Jukic was the winner of that one. Uh, pretty good turnout for that one, uh, as far as I can tell. Uh, let me see if I can get the exact number there for the main uh, 513 players, so pretty good turnout over there. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jukic, the winner. Jeremy Stein, second. James St. Hilaire was third in that one. Jukic uh, wins 165,000. Uh, they are moving on to uh, their final event of the season, which is going to be in New Orleans as they close out the year at Harris in New Orleans. Uh, 
that will uh, is finishing up uh, as we speak. Uh, actually, May 21st. Uh, I guess it starts tomorrow. Actually, uh, tomorrow is the May 10th. May 10th through the 21st is the dates for Harris New Orleans. That finishes their uh, regular season, and then next August they'll have the Global Casino Championship for people who won events and won casino prizes uh, as the uh, casino champion for each stop. And they receive free seats. Also, there'll be some buy-ins, $10,000 buy-in, a minimum prize pool of a million dollars. And uh, even though most of the players that are in will not have to pay to get in. So uh, that will be interesting. And that will be August 7th through the 9th in uh, North Carolina at the Harris Cherokee Resort. Uh, One of the events we were calling on last week and following it down the way was the Party Poker Millions, which is the largest ever event in Canada. And uh, even though they didn't make their uh, their guarantee, which is kind of funny, they <laughs> they had uh, 1,954 entries. They needed 2,000 to uh, reach the uh, guarantee. And how much of the buy-in was? What? I think five? The buy-in was 10, I think, if I'm not mistaken. 10,000. Uh, 10, yeah. And what was the guarantee? Guarantee. I don't have it exactly, but I'm going to guess it was two million. Okay. Um, Taylor Black was the winner. Daryl Fish finished second. He uh, they went head to head for the title, and uh, it was one of those things where uh, uh, Fish was leading much of the heads up play, and uh, he had taken the chip lead, and and it swung all the chips back to Taylor Black in about three hands. So uh, kind of uh, interesting the way that ended. But uh, Tony Roberto also from Miami. Uh, lives in Miami, uh, finished third. Black won $1.4 million, uh, and that's a U- a Canadian dollars. Uh, Daryl Fish, $1.2 million. Tony Roberto, $1 million. So uh, very nice uh, turnout there and uh, nice payoffs. Party Poker Millions, that's a brand new tour that's really taking off now with the return of Party Poker. Mike oh. Sexton, of course, involved with that. Uh, let's see, what else? One other uh, tournament that we were looking at last week. was the uh, Monte Carlo event on the European Poker Tour. We were following that, and I announced some of the finalists on there. But the winner was, uh, that was a real nice field as well. Uh, Nicholas Dumont was the champion of that one. And uh, he defeated uh, Hong Ling Zhang, uh, Tomas Jozonis, and David Peters finished in fourth place. Uh, Patrick Antonius also made the final table, as did Ole Shemian. So a nice field there as well. But the story that came out of this tournament was a player at the final table who ran a crazy all-in bluff with Deuce 7 offsuit. Oh, my God. I mean, when you get to that level of play, it's pretty crazy. And I wanted to just kind of run over that hand for you and see what you thought about it. Um, at the time, I think there were six players left? There were nine players left. Okay. There was nine players left. The next player eliminated was slated to collect uh, about $65,000. Top prize in the tournament was 854000 So obviously uh, this fellow named Christian Giorgi uh, got in the hand with Tomas Jozonis, uh, Jozonis raising from the cutoff to $125,000 with ace-king offsuit. So he's holding big slick. The Giorgi, who's uh, from Hungary, He's 26 years old, a Hungarian uh, three bet to 360,000 with his seven deuce offsuit. Okay. 
So obviously someone came over, the well, other guy came over the top of him? Or just no, Antonius him? Uh, was also in the hand. He he folded, uh, and Jazonis, uh, rather than forebet, he just he just, he just uh, called. Okay. Jazonis uh, had the bigger stack. He had just under 3 million chips. Georgi had just over 2 million. So the flop was queen, 10, 9, all diamonds. So... He's holding the ace of diamonds, so he's looking at the nut, nut flush draw and, uh, of course, a possible uh, straight draw as well, needing a jack to finish that off. Uh, the turn, oh, uh, the bets, uh, Georgie bet 500000 with his 2-7 offsuit after the flop. Jazonis <laughs> uh, called. The turn was the four of clubs, which basically changed nothing. Uh, Giorgi went all in for his final 1.5 million, making the pot. Uh, in the pot was was like 1.8 million. So basically, a pot size bet with just seven high and no draw. Uh, he actually had some outs because Jazonis uh, didn't have anything paired. Right, so he obviously had three he had deuces it. and three sevens. Right, so he's he's left with that. Jazonis. Took plenty of time, and this was really cool to watch online. I, I'd like to get the audio of that to play on the show, but uh, we'll see if we, we can do that. But Jazonis went into the tank, looking at a possibly calling the 1.52 million, and eventually decided to fold. Wow. Okay. So Georgie threw his cards down to show his cards and, and started celebrating, and of course everybody got a big laugh out of it. All right. But I guess not a horrible fold because. You know, he doesn't have, he has a nut flush draw, but he doesn't have the nut flush. Maybe he's thinking that this guy raised him. He's already got the flush. Right. Or, or a straight. Or a straight, or he could have had a set of queens, you know, because uh, he did, re, you know, he did three bet them. So, and the four was a great card Yeah. for the do seven bluff there, because he knows that didn't do anything for his opponent. Right. So... When his opponent didn't play back at him on the flop, and and uh, you know before that, um, again that was the position for him to make that all in bluff right there, put his his opponent to the test, and uh, you know again I don't know how long they had been playing if he had a read on his opponent or not, but he obviously, in my opinion, had to have some sort of a read on him that he could make a move like this with a do seven. Holding that amount of um, you know of chips that he had in his hands there. So, but this is think about this. This is uh, some of the top players in the world sitting there at the table. David Peters, who's had a tremendous year. Patrick Antonius, who's a very famous player, obviously, and Old Shemian. Uh, this is in Monte Carlo in Monaco, and you know the final table of a huge tournament, a fifty-three hundred dollar buy-in tournament. To run that kind of bluff, bluff is just amazing. Well, listen, you know he. Uh, how much did he pick up? He raised the three something and then got him to call half a million. So he picked up, he picked up almost a million in chips. Yeah. Anyway, he ended up finishing. Georgie finished a fifth place in the tournament, uh, one spot ahead of uh, Antonius. Uh, won so two hundred twenty thousand for his uh, efforts. Uh, Jasonis, who folded that hand, finished in third with three hundred sixty-nine thousand. Okay. For well, a nice payoff. And you know. Yeah, he had the lead on this guy, but you know, <laughs> six outs. You know, I, 
I don't know. What have any other comments come in from other players well, as to what they would have the, done? The comment from Patrick Antonius was, "This is more than balls. This is a bit crazy too." <laughs> yeah, you know, it's hard to say. Hey, this guy's got it. You know, he 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 he's, he he raised with the worst hand that you could possibly have, and continued betting, and then decided to go all in on it too. Right. So, yeah, exactly. you know that you know, like he like he said, that's that is more than balls. <laughs> Uh, let's take our first break of the show. Uh, several things to talk about tonight. Uh, I do want to uh, see if we can get to uh, this article by Doug Polk. He's writing a lot of articles that are carrying uh, on uh, Card Player uh, that have to do with his upswing poker lab and uh, that he runs with Ryan Fee. Uh, but he had a nice little article here, Five Steps Toward Winning Consistently. And we hear a lot of these top fives and top tens and things like that. But uh, here's a guy who's really teaching a lot of people how to play, and it puts it very simply. And I'd like to talk about that when we come back. All right. Okay, a few other things to do on the show. Uh, we'll return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. And uh, don't forget that we are always on SoundCloud. Any place you get your uh, podcast, you can find us, whether it's iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, or uh, Stitcher, uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, just about any place you can find it. And we hope you'll do so on a regular basis. We'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Energy drives our nation's economy and is an important part of our daily lives. By taking steps to become more energy efficient, we can all save money and help reduce our nation's overall energy demand. I'm Energy Secretary Sam Bodman, encouraging you to use Energy Star products and appliances such as dishwashers, washing machines, and thermostats. They can reduce your energy bills by up to 30%. Replacing your existing light bulbs with Energy Star qualified fluorescent lights in the lamps and fixtures throughout your home will save up to 50% on lighting costs. By installing Energy Star storm windows and double-pane windows, you can reduce energy loss in your home by 25 to 50%. You have the power to make a difference. By using Energy Star products, you can reduce your home energy bills and help our nation reduce its energy use. More information on Energy Star products and savings can be found at www.energysavers.gov or call toll-free 1-877-337-3463. This powerful savings message is provided by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Alliance to Save Energy. Back on the show, Big David Joe, and we uh, looking forward to uh, World Series of Poker kicking off. Of course, right before that, uh, we'll have this final table of the uh, high roller at the WPT at the Bellagio. Uh, also before then, they'll have the Bobby Baldwin Classic, which is May 20th through the 23rd. Uh, that is at the, uh, I believe that's at the Aria as well, and that will be finishing up uh, out there. Um, and there will be the Tournament of Champions, which was held here in South Florida the last couple of years. This year it will be at the eSports Arena in Las Vegas, which is, as I mentioned, at the Luxor. Luxor yeah. Then f- over at the Aria, the uh, Super High Roller Bowl kicks off on May 27th. 
And then uh, on the 30th will be uh, the Casino uh, Employees, employees event uh, at the World Series of Poker. And a uh, nice schedule there that's kicking off on May 30th and running through uh, midsummer of July. Uh, I feel a little bit different schedule. We'll be talking over over the next couple of weeks, but... Usually the main event's the final event. Uh, this year there's not, not there, yeah. there's a couple events. There's at least two events that start after the main event is finished, but in several events that start after the main event begins. So uh, there'll be some overlap there of other events. And uh, one of the people mentioned it in an article I saw that you're going to see some crazy stuff this year at the uh, on the TV table. So because uh, everybody's still going to be around and they're going to be. Uh, fighting to get close to their friends out there. Normally, everybody uh, is tired of the summer and basically goes home. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see that this year. But uh, uh, we'll check it out. Uh, WSOP schedule is uh, kicking off on May 30th with the Casino Employees event. And also on that same day is the uh, $10,000 buy-in No Limit Hold'em Super Turbo Bounty with uh, 3,000 bounties on every player. So really? It's pretty oh. crazy to start off with that. Wow. That's that's actually uh, going to be a 3 p.m. Uh, start on Wednesday, May 30th. On the same day. On the same day as the casino employees. Uh, also, um, a couple of tournaments the, the following day on the 31st, a $3,000 buy-in no-limit shootout and a $1,500 Omaha high-low eight. So uh, that'll be great. And then everything swings in. Got several great tournaments this year, including the Colossus is back again. Uh, the Giant is also a pretty interesting tournament. We'll talk more about that. $365 buy-in. So we're seeing a couple lower buy-ins this year. We never saw anything over 1000 before until the Colossus came around Right. with a 565 Uh Then they had the Crazy 8s, 800 $888. Uh, there was the some 7 tournament with uh, 777 But we never saw much of that. This year we are definitely seeing some lower buy-in events. And, uh, of course, we'll have the big ones as well. Uh, one of the highlights, the Dealer's Choice Six-Handed event is on Monday, June 4th, and then all kinds of events. But we'll get into some of that uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I did want to talk about this article by uh, Doug Polk. And I got a chance to interview. Doug Polk won uh, the bracelet two years ago when I was out there, uh, teamed with Ryan Fee and the tag team, and won that title. And right at that time, they uh, started a poker training course taught online called the Upswing Poker Lab. So from time to time, he does write some articles, and I wanted to get Joe's thoughts on uh, his article talking about uh, what you need to do to win consistently in poker. And we see lots of things like, you know, get your rest and all kinds of stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that are a constant in a, a lot of people's lists. Right. So. But let's look at his. Uh, the first one is know the cards you are going to play. Uh, basically... And this is a, a backbone of his uh, upswing lab is know what the range of hands are you're going to play from w which position. And it varies with the position. And we've never heard that. I don't think I've ever heard anybody else's uh, top five or top ten. That. But that's an excellent point. Right. He says, uh, as a general rule, the closer you are to the button, the more hands you should be playing. He said this may seem obvious, but uh, a lot of people don't map out which hands to play before the session. He has a whole list uh, of squares of things that you should play and know what they are and implement a proper hand selection strategy when facing different types of players. So you need to study that. And he said, I think you'll be amazed at how much of a difference this simple step can be in your game. And some of the hands you should and shouldn't be playing may, may surprise you. 
Okay, does he put some examples well, there? Well, he doesn't have it in this article, but he does have it online, and I've, I've copied off a couple of those tables that he has, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, 100 squares with a kind of a wedge down the middle from right. the top left to bottom right, and it gets smaller and smaller as you get away, but uh, uh, obviously it changes uh, the amount of hands depending on your position at the table. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I'm sure, like he says, you have to also worry about the people you know, the the players that you're playing against there. But that is excellent strategy, especially for someone who's doing this, you know, that is not a, quote, professional who's doing this for a living and, you know, is getting uh, backers and right. everything else. That's excellent advice. He said it takes years of practice, and basically we knew that. But uh, he said a lot of people think it's instinct. But uh, he says the reality is that all professional poker players use a small selection of proven techniques to beat the game time and time again. Uh, number two is disguise your holdings, and that is basically don't be predictable. Uh, he said uh, some of the techniques uh, which will confuse your opponent are the following. Raise to a similar s same size with all the hands you play. Use similar post-flop action with many of the hands you play. Play some of your weak and strong hands the same way. And never show your cards unless you have to, which is a uh, basic uh, strategy in poker, is you don't want to give anybody any, any that kind information. Of information. Uh, number three, find the right games to play. He says most people overlook this step uh, when it comes to playing winning poker. And he said the, some of the aspects to finding the right game to play in, uh, look for a game with no rake taken by the house if you can. <laughs> I haven't found that yet. I haven't found that yet. <laughs> At least not now. Maybe online. Who knows? Uh, game played with many recreational players who play for fun. And we can find plenty of these down yep. in South Florida. A game where they're drinking alcohol. Yep. Uh, games with lots of action by various players at the table. And a game you know that is safe. So, you know, be careful when you're going to private uh yeah, Poker because some of these things that, that he's thing. mentioning there is more so for private information. And, um, you know, so, yeah, that's interesting. Very he says uh, it, it could be very tempting to play against better players, and it could be a good learning opportunity, but at the end of the day, you're playing to make money, and your profits come from weaker players. Uh, yep. Uh, number four, adjust to your opponents. Uh, the best players are able to... Adjust accordingly uh, when they're playing, and the edge comes when you determine your opponent's tendencies and then take advantage of them, which seems simple but is a lot tougher to do in practice. Well, th that's just paying attention when you're there. You know, you, you, you've heard great, great players always say when you're out of a hand, you know, uh, you want to find a game where people are watching because they've got action on, on a game. Or and down here, paramutuals, where people are betting the horses or dogs. You know, you, you want to find someone who's not really paying attention there, and you want to be the one paying attention to, exactly. see, to see exactly how they play certain hands. You know, and that also ties in with how the step before where he said make the same type of bets, bet your, your bad hands, your good hands the same way, you know, because novice players, you know, obviously – you know, have a great hand, they change their structure as to the strength of their hand, as to how much they're going to raise, and top poker players are going to pick up on that. And, right. you know, you're not going to get the action when you have the strong hand, and when you have the weak one that you don't want it, they're going to come over the top of you and try to get you to get out of that hand. Here's some of the general tendencies he said you should look for. Uh, aggressiveness, how aggressive is your opponent playing? Uh, 
what hands are they showing down? Uh, how easily does your opponent get tilted or impatient? Uh, and how often an opponent plays a hand, uh, played a hand that doesn't make sense given when they show down? Right, and and if I could add something like for me, and I think it, it falls in within that line, Dave, what I used to do, you know, when I was playing in those things was I want to see when it gets down to showdown and maybe they caught something, but I remember all the steps, right? you know, before the flop, after exactly. the flop, after the turn in the river to see what this opponent was willing to call this kind of a bet and what he was trying to chase, you understand, because... Oh, is this guy willing to take a shot when, when he's open-ended on a straight draw? Uh, is he willing to take a big bet when he's, you know, when he's got, you know, four to the flush, trying to catch the flush? You know, that's great information that you can have on this opponent exactly. that you can punish him with later on as you're playing him heads up. He says to uh, stay focused, notice what hands players are showing down, and then the most importantly, decide whether their pre-flop action was correct or incorrect. Uh, if it was incorrect, chances are they're making mistakes on other streets as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's part of what I was saying. You right. know, you're realizing, oh, wow, this guy should never have called that bet, you know, because now now he's got to call the second bet, and he still hasn't made his hand. So, you know, like I said, those are the things that I've always looked for. And once I started doing that, you know, back when I was learning how to play, it definitely helped increase my, my, my profit margin on most nights. Uh, finally, he says, simplify your decisions because poker is a game that can be overwhelming with the amount of information out there. He said, keep your emotions in check, slow down, and l- analyze the situation. Don't be afraid of annoying other players or getting the cl- clock called on you. Take as much time as you need and think through your hand. Uh, he says, uh, basically use all this information to determine what's the most profitable. Uh, if you feel stuck, then think about all the different hands you would play in the same way. Don't let fear into the mix. If the situation is right, don't, don't be afraid to fire the bluff or make that big call. But don't feel uh, bluff just because you have no showdown value, and don't feel obliged to call just because you're uncertain about what your opponent has. Yeah, well, that's that's a lot easier said than done, you know, with, with especially with novice players. It's, it takes time to master some of those skills. The emotion part, we've addressed this with other other great people who have put this in there. You know, that's usually the biggest thing right off the bat. You know, you 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 get put on tilt because you're you had the stronger hand and your opponent caught the one, two, three outer on you. You've got to be smart enough and it, it took me a while too, because then you get upset and you go, Wow, this person played this like an idiot. You know, you just gotta learn from that. You gotta say to yourself, I want him chasing me every time he's got one, two, or three outs. When he hits one of those, instead of getting upset, and it takes a lot, you know, it takes a lot from you to say, hey, great hand. That was a really good hand, even though it's killing you on the inside. Because when you do get upset, if it's a novice player, they're going to, if they're intelligent enough, they're going to realize, I got lucky. I made a mistake and got lucky. I'm not going to put myself in that position again. And you don't want to give them that information. You don't want to, to do that, at least not in the session that you're playing with them, Dave. Exactly. You want them to keep making those calls because in the long run, you're going to take all his, all his money. So once again, the five steps. Know your cards you're going to play. Disguise your holdings. Find the right games to play. Adjust to your opponents. And simplify your decisions. And these five steps, uh, with some time and patience, he says, 
you can uh, become a winning poker player as well. Check out his site at uh, Ups- Upswing Poker Lab. And if I can add, because he mentioned, remember when you said, you know, he understands that all this information can be overwhelming as you're trying to get all this information at one. I would suggest to novice players, not to say master, but try to get a good handle on one of them at a time before you move on to another because you, you've got to, it, it, like he said, these are steps that you've got to take and you should be able to understand it and make sure that you're making the correct calls on step one and then, you know, okay, I got step one pretty much down before I go to step two. Right. You try to do all five in one, in, you know, in one session without getting the, 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 the what you need to learn from those steps could just throw you off even more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, check it out. Upswing Poker Lab, uh, Ryan Fee and Doug Polk. And Polk uh, is always good for some interesting uh, table banter as well. It should have some run-ins with uh, Danu Negreanu this summer. A lot of people talked about that in their predictions, and uh, we'll talk more about that next week. All right. Uh, let me tell you, and, and he said the only thing that I don't know about it, I understand about him saying taking your time and all of that, but I think that if you start annoying too many of the people, as we, you know, as we've said, uh, it, it may backfire on you. But if you have a big decision to make, then you obviously take all the time you need to before you decide whether to make the call, the fold, or even a raise. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, let's take our second break in the show. When we come back, we'll talk about a few other things uh, as we move along in the program tonight. Getting closer to that World Series of Poker and all the great events that are going to be out there this year. Had a lot of discussion about uh, different uh, card rooms that are having long series that are completely overlapping the World Series this year. Really, the year that everybody goes head-to-head. So, yeah, well, you know, we've been seeing everything trend towards this over the last few years, and I guess there's enough players out there that everybody thinks they can get a piece of that pie. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions we'll also talk about next week is uh, how many players do you think it'll be bigger or smaller than last year? And the big uh, thing into that decision this year, a lot of people say, is the fact that uh, Day 1C is going to be on July 4th this year which is kind of a smart way to move people into the first two sessions, but yeah, could but, blow uh, up in your face. Exactly, exactly, and on July 4th. But you know what? July 4th, you want to go to the beach. You want to be with your family. If you're out there to play poker, you've already made that decision yeah. that that's not going to be – I don't know if it, it will affect it as, as much as people think it will. And we always know that 1C is always the largest field uh, for day one. Right. So – well, we'll find out. You know, they've they've been doing things the right way, so we'll find out how this works out in in, in about a, two months. Uh, we're gonna, since we're getting to that point where everybody's headed out to Vegas, I am going to try to have a couple of guests on before the series uh, with some interesting things, including Lance Bradley uh, is out with a new book uh, called uh, "The Pursuit uh, of uh, Successful Poker," and it's basically an interviews. Interviews with about a hundred different major big name players, including Jason Mercier and uh, Danielle Anderson, and uh, all the big stars of the game. Uh, Phil Galfond, I believe, is in there, and uh, Patrick Antonius, and some others like that. Phil Ivey and different players. So uh, I'll look a little more into that as far as getting him on the show, and we'll see if we can do that in the next couple of weeks before he gets way too busy out in Vegas this summer. So uh, we'll check that out over the next few weeks. Hope you follow the show and pick us up on iTunes or on SoundCloud or any of the other places, and uh, 
Uh, tune in to our show each week, uh, which we usually put out midweek sometime and uh, get that up. Uh, the show from last week is, is was a spectacular show, as I mentioned, Steve Blay. And uh, one interesting thing is Steve has a site, that site called Advanced Poker Training, and he had a little thing in the middle of the show. So if you listen to the show, uh, there's a way where you can get a big discount on some initial uh, pricing for some poker training. So check that out as well. It uh, has to do with a big guy here, so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll put it that way. Listen to the show, and you'll have all that information on how to use that. Uh, we'll be back with more of the show when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe, another edition of Poker Action Line. By the way, I want to pass along congratulations to Bernard Lee. Uh, celebrating a uh, um, 11th anniversary this year. Of course, he had his 10th anniversary. He sent us a couple of T-shirts last, last year, year yeah. and uh, he always has some great guests. But he works extra hard at uh, the month of his uh, anniversary to uh, lay down some people. I know next week he has uh, Scott Blumstein on and uh, Chris Moneymaker later in the month. Jack Effel. And uh, he is uh, giving away gifts from Run Good Gear that he's associated with too, as well. Uh, has a great article on ESPN.com right now about uh, an older gentleman uh, 
um, you know, filling his bucket list to play in the tournament. So I checked that out as well. It's a really good story that is out right now, just came out a couple days ago on ESPN.com. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Poker Stars has a new game called Split Hold'em, which is basically they deal two sets of community cards. And you're betting each card, you know, obviously, uh, you know, just like a regular community, uh, regular board, but there's actually two hands going on. So uh, you can either win one or the other, or you can win scoop both with like in a high-low game. So I played it last week, and I uh, I thought it was fun. I thought I enjoyed it. I actually had a winning session. Uh, you know, each each player just has one set of hole cards, but they have the two five card boards out there in front of you. And then there's a so it's played like a split pot. It's a split pot. It it can be, uh, but you no, might what take I'm saying both. right, you can yes. win both, but Correct. you have to win the top one and the bottom one to scoop it. So, you know, when they're betting that hand. You know, do they put up two flops at the same time and uh, turn river, you know, two turns at the same time, two rivers at the same time? Yes. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, and uh, I I, would, I did well. I don't know if that's because maybe I'm not uh, focusing so much on trying to figure out uh, what the other players are playing because it's much harder to do that, obviously, in this game. You don't know if they're playing one side or the other. Uh, if they flopped, uh, you know, a set on one side and maybe going for uh, a straight or a flush on the other, who knows? Uh, so it's harder to read your opponent, and uh, of course, the um, you know some players stand hands longer because they have more opportunities to win a piece of the pot. I wasn't that concerned about scooping both. I, you know, obviously you would like to, but um, you know, uh, it's a lot of really interesting different strategies. I wonder what you thought on first uh, hear of that. Well, believe it or not, Dave, uh, when I used to play a lot of private games, when the game would get short, usually at the end of the night, we were playing a game where it was very similar to this, but it was the best hand between the two boards. All right? Oh, wow. It was the best hand between the two boards. So what they did was they'd burn, put up three cards, burn, put up the turn, burn, put up the river, all down, facing down, then they would put up another board. So the bet would come and you'd turn over both both flops, both turns, both river. But now you could have the nut flush on the top, but if there was a flush on the bottom and, and you know, the cards play out, the five cards, the the nut flush on the bottom could be is, is higher oh, than wow. the nut flush yeah. on the top. Yeah. So we played a game like that when we were shorthanded, when we had four or five players that didn't want to go home yet. And we kept playing like that, so it was interesting. I like this concept because, like I said, if you have the nut on one of them, you know you're getting half the pot. Right. And you could continue the betting as they used to play with high-low games when you know you were locked into one hand. You just kept raising. Well, the other thing is if, like, you have a certain, let's say you have a club flush uh, draw, and then, you know, look and see that on the other board there's a couple of clubs as well. That's going to make it a lot harder for you. To exactly, so. exactly, because you know how many are out there, so you've got to play it accordingly. Right. Uh, they also have a new thing called the Seat Me system, which uh, they said is uh, an automated seating system getting rid of the ability for players to choose their table and seat. So he said a lot of people are out there trying to jump tables to find, uh, you know, a weaker player. It's called bum hunting. Uh, and uh, trying to hunt down those players t so that they can sit with them, but they're not able to do it with this new system. And I think, uh, you know, maybe... Well, that may work, 
you know, with the casual players and stuff, but, you know, as the games get higher, the reason those higher games are made and as strong as they are is because usually there's one or two very weak players there with large bankrolls and people, you know, come chasing them. The phone calls are made right away. Right. Now games like that usually are formed by these players at home and they just, everybody shows up and they know who's going to play in it. I like this particular thing because that way it just stops people from, you know, breaking tables, so to speak, because they want to play over there. If they know they can't do that, you know, then they go in with a completely different mindset. Yeah, that's true. Uh, also, uh, belated uh, congratulations to Eric Danis, who was uh, named the head of GPI. Uh, that news came out. He is now the president of the Global Poker Index. I think that uh, uh, I don't want to say that Alexander uh, Dreyfus has gotten away from it, but he also has many other things that they're working on. And uh, he is allowing uh, Eric to, uh, who who has been on some of their uh, broadcasts and that sort of thing as well, was in the GP, uh, the Global Poker League, and and did some an- announcing on that. But uh, he will concentrate more on the poker uh, aspect, and uh, um, Dreyfus will move t- to more of it, uh, the Zoke Entertainment. Uh, uh, roots of the company, which is called uh, Media Rex. So uh, we'll follow some of that uh, in the future as well. But uh, a lot of people getting their just due, working hard, and uh, and getting congratulated on it. Um, one other thing I want to mention is the uh, the Super High Roller Bowl had a really kind of strange uh, way of choosing uh, the players to be in that. They, of course, put aside a bunch of seats for some high roller VIPs. Mm-hmm. They always have these businessmen playing and uh, some of that. And they had a blind draw for the first 30 spots. Uh, and some of the players, uh, big known players, got left out uh, in the first in the first selection. But then uh, uh, they did choose several other players. Uh, the first 30 was kind of a lottery draw, and then they added 15 more players since then. Uh, there's a cap of 48 players in this, so uh, some of the players that got added after the fact include the Magician, uh, Tony G, Fader Holtz, Reiner Kempe, Bryn Kenny, Tom Marchese, uh, Doug Polk, and uh, Dan Smith. So uh, without those guys, it would uh, kind of take some of the luster off the tournament as far as I'm concerned. Well, how how many big names from the 30 for from the 30 that they drew. And that 30, was it the businessmen? Well, it was part, but it was also uh, a lot of the players had been named. Uh, uh, Christoph Vogelsang, who did well in the last couple of years. Brian Rast is in that earlier group. Uh, Helmuth, of course. Uh, Negranu, Lichtenberger, Eric Seidel, uh, Dan Shack, Justin Bonomo. So uh, they are uh, a large group of players that uh, are going to be interesting to watch. That's going to be on Poker Go. It, so. it usually Can't is. Wait. So. Uh, okay, let's take our final break on the show. When we return, we'll finish things up here on the program. Uh, we'll work next week on some of the predictions for the uh, World Series of Poker, which uh, will be less than two weeks away when we get to the show next week. So uh, certainly looking forward to all of that. Stick around. We'll finish things up when we return. Uh, had a chance to really enjoy the uh, Hard Rock Tournament and uh, certainly uh, look forward to uh, the um, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, which will be in August next year, uh, later in the summer, I should say, uh, August 2nd through the 14th. So that'll be the next big tournament down here. Uh, Everybody kind of steps aside for the World Series uh, throughout the summer. 
Yeah, well, we know the, the craziness is going to start in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, so. absolutely. We'll be back finish up the program. When we return, you're listening to Poker Action Line. Big Dave and Joe will be back after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program, Big Dave and Joe finishing up things here on uh, Poker Action Line. Uh, just to clear things up here, the... Uh, Joe had asked me during the break, and I and I couldn't really answer the question, but I did do some uh, looking up here. And the Super High Roller Bowl is a $300,000 buy-in. Uh, there is a couple of satellites that will be uh, late in the summer here to uh, try to get into it. They're actually having, on May 24th, a 550 satellite, $550 super satellite that gets you into a Super High Roller Bowl qualifier. From 500 to 300,000, you're going to have to go through a couple of steps. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they will fill out the field there. But uh, just uh, kind of looking back on the history of this thing, which started in 2015, it was a, uh, it's really the largest standalone uh, tournament uh, in poker right now that's not associated with any tour like the WSOP or the WPT. And uh, the original event was a $500,000 buy-in, won by Brian Rast. But the following year, it's uh, 300000 and that's the way it's been for the last couple of years. 2016, Rainer Kempe beat Fader Holtz to uh, win the title, won $5 million first prize. And uh, last year, it was Christoph Vogelsang winning uh, d- by defeating Jake Schindler head-to-head for the $6 million first prize. Wow. <laughs> So, plus all that, and a couple of uh, interesting uh, celebrities in there as well, and we'll see what happens. Uh, so, I, well, now with these satellites, I guess they're leaving a few seats open. I guess they are. Yeah. All right. Um, 
I think they've named well there was a first thirty and then there was another fifteen. 15 so so they got three seats. spots left, All I guess. Right. Uh but a lot of big name uh players are gonna be involved that you're familiar with Adrian Mateos, uh Stephen Chidwick who's on fire uh and been playing very well, did very well at the US poker open. Uh Nick Petrangelo will be there and guys like uh Igor Kurganoff, uh Ike Haxton, Dan Shack. And the businesswoman, Kathy Lane, that uh, plays uh, a lot in these high roller tournaments, one of the few uh, that do. So uh, we'll be following that on Poker Go when that comes around on May 27th, and then right after that, the World Series kicks off. Um, I think next week we'll look at some of these. uh, I'll give you a couple of questions to uh, kind of peruse over the coming week, and uh, we'll come up with some answers next week. Well, you know what, Dave? Get the uh, 300, maybe what we could do, instead of as a fantasy, as we used to do, following these people, how they score their points. Let's, why don't we just pick them and see who wins bracelets. Okay. You understand? It doesn't matter. Final table, they cash. Just see if any just of them bracelets. win bracelets. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. You know? It's a lot easier to to to, to grade uh, that way. Are we going to uh, pick uh, one through thirty? One through thirty. I like then, what you used uh, to do. We had fun with it. You won one. I won one. It's it's a lot of fun. And this way, we just pick uh, bracelet winners. Okay. See if we can get you know from our pick. What That's is it? Ten idea. players. I think, I think I made it too complicated, and there was the scoring well, turned it, into a real. I like what you did, but it's just these fields are so large that yeah. you got to go finding these people. Okay. So I think this will be work out good for us. Okay. Well, we'll do that. Uh, try to put that together for next week as we look ahead to the World Series, uh, and uh, have a lot of fun locally. Uh, Dania has added a. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, but remember all the years they had that great Friday night $100 tournament, and then they turned it into a free, free roll, roll yeah. and it wasn't really doing that great. They've gone back to the $100 buy, and they had a pretty nice crowd in there on last Friday night. Oh, good. I mean, I used to enjoy That was very good, the way they did that. But then when they went to those free rolls and, you know, trying to compete, and, and at the beginning it was doing great. You know, I've been out of there for many months now. I don't know how they've been doing as far as how their numbers are concerned with that, but uh, they're doing a little better. Good, I, I'm glad. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully their live games are also doing a lot better too. Yeah. You know, the the problem is they start those promotions at five o'clock, so you can't get any live games for five yeah. hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did play in a tournament at the Isle last week, a eighty dollar buy-in on a Tuesday night, and uh, uh, actually did quite well. Uh, I think did I. Did you cash? Uh, didn't cash because it was a fairly small field. I think we only had paid six spots. I think I finished 11th. All right. Down 11th. But got pretty close. Uh, uh, there was an interesting hand that I wanted to run by you on that real quickly before the end of the show. Um, I had ace-king, and, and um, uh, an older gentleman sat down. I didn't, so I really didn't, hadn't seen him play much. Didn't really know yeah, exactly. Yeah, no information on him. Right. Uh, he was actually a postal worker from uh, New Jersey, and uh, he was at the table. And I had worked my way up to. I think the t- starting stack was ten thousand chips. I think I'd worked my way up to eighteen thousand, and had won several hands in a row to get there. Uh, this was with Deep. there was twenty three players left out. There was forty one players. There was 23 left at this point, and I just wanted to run this hand by you because some people kind of uh, couldn't believe I did it, but I thought it was the right play, and as it turned out, I think it was. Uh, Without uh, telling me the results, give, give me the rundown. Well, uh, I think the uh, and the blinds were 600-1200 okay. at that point. 
uh, with a 200 ante. Uh, I was dealt uh, ace-king offsuit, and I made a raise, and this other fella shoved 11,000. So I thought I thought for a few minutes. I went to the tank for a little bit to think about it, and I had the ace king, but I folded it. And a lot of people, and I showed it when I folded it, just kind of get a reaction and see. And some people thought, "Wow, how did how did you fold that?" And I think a lot of people tend to overplay ace king sometimes. It so, is one of the most overplayed hands. So I did talk to this fellow later, and I and I just thought to myself. I worked so hard to build up this chip stack. Why lose two-thirds of it on one hand on, a, on what's probably some sort of race? And as it turned out, he had pocket queens. So it was a race. So it was a race. It and was I think a race. I felt like I made the right decision. What do you think right off the hand of that? Well, you said the big blinds were 1,200. Right. So you were sitting with approximately... I had 20 big blinds, I believe, at the time. Or all something right. Like that. Well, because if you, if you had 18,000... 18, you were sitting with about 15 big blinds. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you had already made a raise. How big was your raise? Uh, 3,000. All right, from 12 to 3,000. So that left you, let's say, anywhere between fi uh, 15,000 and 17,000 chips. Right. So you still had a substantial stack that you could make a move if you thought about it. When this guy and again I'm thinking to myself, if this guy pushes all in like this with eleven thousand, because he was under ten big blinds, right? Okay, so he could have been pushing any small pocket pair. He could have been pushing an ace queen, an ace jack, you know, any ace suited or two big picture cards suited. He did see you raise beforehand, right? So I'm again without having any information on this guy. The only thing I would have said was. Do I want, you know, your best case scenario is you're in a race with this guy with a queens or lower pocket pair, which happened to be the case. Right. And so now do you want to race at that point? Um, and the only thing that would have come into my mind where you were was the other players on the table. If I thought I was a superior player that I could outplay these other people. Well, I, I rarely feel that way. Well, but, without, you know, like <laughs> I'm thinking, if not, then, you know, maybe you say, well, this is my point to double, or not double up, but pick up 11,000 in chips, put myself in a 20-plus blind situation, which is good with 20-something players. You know, you lasted to 11th, so you actually had to have done something in between 23 and 11 yeah. to get there. Yeah. So... This is a, a coin toss, again. much like the hand was. This is a coin toss as to how you were feeling there. My my thinking on that would have been, you know, without having a, any kind of a read on this player, is is he, you know, tired? It's an old man, maybe just wants to get the hell out of there and pushed with any two cards? Or does he actually have, you know, aces, kings, may have the same hand as you, may have had an ace-king just to get you out? Um, I figured in for a pair. I didn't know how, how big, but uh, it was probably bigger than I thought it was. But uh, no matter what it was, it's pretty much a race either way, right? Right. If he has a pocket pair, you're in a race. I have two over cards, so I'm in a race. You're in a race. And as they say, to win tournaments, you got to win some races. Yeah. You have to win some races. And, it, again, this is part of where poker is a feel. Did you? If you didn't feel it, I have folded ace-king many times. And on other times, I've come back and re-raised somebody. It, it, to me, it's a feel. It's how the players are. And, again, you didn't have enough information on this player to know 
if he's a solid enough player to have pushed. In this case, it, it, he was because I would have done the same thing in his position. Yeah. You know, hoping that you're calling me with an ace something there, you know, where I'm ahead of you right there. So I don't think it was a bad – I don't think – either way, I don't think you could be faulted. Yeah, really, afterwards, really. I, I felt good about it, so I guess that's all Excellent. that matters. Anyway, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Uh, Gio, thank you for as usual for everything. And, uh, Joe, I'm glad I'm to have you back in the studio. I, I, there you go. I'm back in the saddle again. I'm very happy. Absolutely. We'll talk more about uh, the upcoming tournaments in Vegas for the summer and a few other things going on here in South Florida next week. Poker Action Line. Pick us up on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on the Poker Fuse podcast page. Go to our website, PokerActionLine.com, and uh, plenty of other places where you can get the show. We hope you'll do so every week. Working on some good guests for you as well, so stay tuned here on Poker Action Line. We'll catch you next week. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 